Hey, Barry. Hey, Al. <laughs> oh, no. That's an Erica group as he's sending. How? He uses Twitter. It's okay. time for Cabell Duel. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Compelled Duel. I'm Al. And I'm Barry. And we are a single-player, co-DM'd, actual-play D&D podcast. So, last time on Compelled Duel, we checked in back in Australia with Ferora Valsine, who was having some friendship drama and, as it turns out, some very threatening situations happening to her. But she overcame very well, and we, yeah, well, and we last left her having a panic attack, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. And last time we checked in with Leo, he had gone to the Sovereign Principalities up toward Dune, nine allied city-states over in the mainland continent next to Sharia. He had tried valiantly to impress the Council of Sovereigns. It did what it did. He said his piece. And he had an encounter with the princess of one of the city-states, Eleanor Ashthorne. He couldn't get that lucky. (laughs) He is unsure of where her loyalties lie, but he did allow her to take him on a merry jaunt through the city (laughs) to a tavern where he immediately got enveloped in a bar fight. He got shit kicked, is what you mean to say. He got shit kicked, yes. (laughs) Are you still mad about it, buddy? A little bit. (laughs) He got shit kicked, for sure, for sure. Eleonora ran off, and Leo was introduced to... A charming stranger <laughs> by the name of Zed Stonebloom, who is a self-described bounty hunter and a not-so-self-described drunken himbo. God bless him. Are we getting right back into it where we left off? Or Yep. Okay. Leo, you are in the tavern, and you are sitting at a table with this charming half-orc stranger <laughs> who has introduced himself as Zed. Am I still super bloody? <laughs> Quite, yes. Cool. And also Eleanor just fucking took off. Yeah, she did. I don't think Leo's gonna follow her at that point. I think his ego's a little too bruised. So he's just gonna sit there, quietly bleeding, and just put a hand (laughs) up for another drink. And when the barkeep comes over, he's gonna turn over and say, Listen, sir, I'm very sorry that we, uh, did the property damage that we did. Can I have another drink, first of all? Again, top shelf whiskey, please. Also, can we do something about them? And I point to the unconscious ruffians on the floor. (laughs) Zed puts a hand up, actually, and says, I have a plan with them. If you could just leave them on the floor, I would deeply appreciate it. Are we not going to tie them up? No. I have a plan, like I said. And he drinks like half of his drink in one go and says, Barkeep, Moldoran Ale, please. And the barkeep brings you your drinks, and Zed just goes at it. Yeah, I think Leo takes his in one go. He hurts a lot. Give me an insight check. Okay, I got a plus six to insight. That's not horrible. A dirty 20. Nice. Zed is, it's a very, like, kind of sophisticated performance where he looks like he is way more drunk than you think he is. He's definitely drunk, but he looks, like, sloppy drunk, and you see him just very sharply watching the thugs that you just beat up. Hmm. Like, one eye on the thugs that you just beat up, and one eye on the rest of the tavern. Hmm. And he just smiles at you over his flag, and he goes, So, what's a nice guy like you doing in a place like this? I think Leo polishes off the rest of his drink, and 
just in a very exhausted voice says, That's a very long story for a very short time of knowing each other, and I am way more interested in what someone like you is doing in a place like this. Like I said, he takes another drink. I've been tailing uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledummer, and he gestures towards the guys that you just beat up for a couple of days. Connected to one of my projects, we'll say. One of my contracts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you just agree that I'm your next contract? So shouldn't you divulge any current (laughs) projects that you need to wrap up before getting to work for your new employer? He winks and says, oh, don't worry, sweetheart, I'm good at multitasking. (sighs) (laughs) You know, if Leo wasn't so busy slowly bleeding everywhere, he would be way more into that than he probably is right now. But at this point, I think he just kind of blinks really hard and finishes his drink. So where do you need to take uh, the aforementioned Tweedledum and Tweedledummer now that we're done with them? Although, you know, if you want to tie one on before we go, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, And Leo uh, leans forward and kind of perches his chin in his hand. He says, oh, no, no, no. There's no bounty on those two. I'm going after a bigger fish. So I'm just going to let them run on back to the guy in charge. Do you think the fish is big enough that the Council of Sovereigns would be interested in it? I don't get myself much involved in politics. <laughs> and he, like, stretches. I'm talking for a big paycheck, said, which I think you're much more interested in. <laughs> Fair assumption. Let's just say I have some inroads, and if you're looking to collect a little bit of a, you know, annual bonus on this, consider it gratis of your new patron. Also, I'm leeching most of my money off King Silver Tree right now. It's not going to be that way permanently, but I think endearing you to the man might also be a good business choice for both of us. And if anything that I know of the man is any indication, endearing you to him will go super fast. I'm assuming Zed's pretty. Is Zed pretty? Zed's quite pretty. Okay. Shoulder-length hair that he has tied back in kind of a high ponytail ornamented tusks like he's got dangly rings coming off of him he's got a full sleeve tattoo just kind of snaking up one arm florals and there are various animals kind of etched into it and scattered little bits of rune work you really had to come for me personally with (laughs) this one didn't you god damn so you want to let the uh, chuckle fucks that stabbed me go i just i want you to say that to me to my face (laughs) really quick before we move on with any more of this. Oh, don't worry. I'm gonna get him eventually. I get everybody that I go after eventually. I'm very persistent and he winks again. But they're no good to me unless we can cut the head off the snake, you understand? Crystal clear. I think that you, after again, we can totally tie one or two or three on if you want. (laughs) Eleonora has apparently abandoned me. So, if we, uh, you know, just want to finish up here, I think you should definitely come back to the palace with me, because I think we have some people to talk to. He leans in, and Mirage Pasha puts a head on his hand, and he says, Oh, I was planning on it, if you were amenable to the idea. (laughs) Leo just puts his hand up for another drink. (laughs) Yeah, the bartender delivers you another drink. The bandits that you beat up very handily start to, like, stir a little bit. Not now, Josh. Josh takes his head up, and you say, not now, and he goes... And just lays back down on the ground. Probably Leo would be down for a couple more drinks. Before they go back to the palace, Leo is going to try to flag down the bartender. Good sir, do you have anywhere that I could wash myself of all the blood that has accumulated on my person? 
bartender says, well, we rent rooms out, if you're willing to shell out, and then Zed raises one hand and he says, actually, I am currently renting a room at this fine establishment, if you'd like some privacy. That'd be great, Leo says. Fantastic, Zed slams his final drink. I think he's had, like, five goodly fagons of ale. And he, like, weaves a little bit as he stands up, but with that dirty 20 inside check, you can tell he's faking most of it. Can I roll for how drunk I am? <laughs> because yes. I'm a small, small man, and I've had a lot of whiskey in a short amount of time. Yes. And also, I've lost a lot of blood. Do a constitution check. 16. You've had a lot of whiskey in a short amount of time, but you did a lot of hard drinking with Kalesa Petris as a teenager. Yes, I did. You can hold it pretty well. Excellent. <laughs> he leads you up the stairs, again, weaving a little bit as he's walking, but like, very... Not obviously faked, but you rolled insight well enough that you can tell he's faking. And then he shoulders the door open, and you see a pretty basic generic in-room. It's not super nice, but you see that what you assume to be his belongings are very carefully packed up and are shoved in a corner. It's very spartan, and there's a lot of open space that he's cleared. There's a wash basin in the corner behind his screen. Yeah, I'm gonna go wash up and make myself look not as much like I've had the fuck beaten out of me. Zed will give you privacy as you do that. Okay, well, I mean, there's a screen, right? Behind the screen, you can see him moving around. He looks like he's going through a martial arts kata, stretching and just, like, practicing some punches. Yeah, I think while Leo's cleaning out his various wounds, uh, just kind of over the screen, he's gonna call, So, um, if you couldn't tell, I'm a little bit new on the scene. Do you want to tell me what the Order of the Golden Tusk is? He barks a laugh and he goes, stuffy monk order up in the mountains, uh, largely orcish, but not exclusively. I was inducted into it at a young age and it turned out to be not as much my scene as my mother thought it was going to be. You understand? Very intimately, actually, Leo yeah. says <laughs> and finishes kind of cleaning yeah. himself up. So, uh, if you would like to gather your effects, Mr. Stonebloom, we can proceed to the palace and... I will need to make a little bit of a change, but then we can go talk to the council. I'm sure they're still deliberating. Yeah, it sounds like politics. He has two bags, but they're not big. They're small enough that he can just kind of sling both over his shoulders. All right, lead the way, pretty boy. So yeah, they're headed back up to the palace. Is the council still in session by the time we get back? Yes, firmly. Wonderful, okay. (laughs) I'm just going upstairs and kind of waving him after me like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Zed's gonna roll stealth. Natural 18, he's all right. I don't really know what my accommodations are like here. I mean, I know I live in the palace, but... I would think you have a nice room. It's not as nice as your room back in Asharia, but it's befitting of someone that's won the favor of the king. (laughs) Do I have my own bathroom? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Leo's gonna just kind of lead him up along the hall and into the room and go, okay, just give me two seconds, gotta do a little more cleaning up, and then we'll go back downstairs, okay? Absolutely. You noticed, by the way, that as he was rolling that stealth check and trying to be more subtle, the fake drunkenness kind of wiped away, and he was very quietly moving through, very subtly and very steady on his feet, like he had not pounded five flagons of ale. What is this guy's tolerance? Jesus! Okay. (laughs) Leo is going to grab, ooh, not his former outfit, I think a new outfit, but, uh... Similarly constructed, you know, (laughs) diaphanous elven robes, slit up to the thigh, lots of jewelry, very pretty. Go grab that and take it into the bathroom and do the best he can to kind of patch up what remaining wounds he has. 
I think he'll just use accessories to cover the ones course, that he couldn't course. heal. Fantastic. <laughs> Real performance. Oh, no. Let's see how well that goes. Six. Leo, you've got a big scrape going up one arm where Josh, like, slammed you into the floor. You cover some of it up, and you do a pretty good job, but you look like you've been in a fight. Yeah. Uh, I think he kind of checks himself out in the mirror, and then has an idea, and goes, No, you know what, okay, we can make this work. And then goes back out, and grabs Zed by the arm, and goes, Okay, uh-huh. we're going downstairs, come on. Alright, sure, sure, sure. And he goes with you, um, again, being very stealthy and sure-footed as he goes. I'm going back down towards where the council is still in session. Are there guards preventing me from getting back into the council chamber? There are probably guards at the doors, yes. You could convince them to let you in. Uh, do I see Eleonora anywhere? Yeah, I think Eleonora is kind of leaning against a wall near the door, just kind of picking her nails. Yeah, you were really late for something, huh? Leo says with a big fake smile. I thought they'd be taking a recess. What's going to happen to me if I go back in there? Also, does she see Zed with us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she was in the bar fight with you. She sized up Zed at the bar and was like, okay. She kind of raises an eyebrow a little bit, but she does not want to comment on the situation. Yeah, she says, I mean, depends on what you're going in there for. I wouldn't interrupt. I have an addendum to my statement, if you want official language. On your head, be it. <laughs> she just kind of raises her hands. Oh, fuck me. This is such a bad idea. I'm <laughs> taking Zed by one hand, and I get Eleanor by the other, and I drag them both in with me. Eleanor follows you for a couple steps and then pulls her hand away and goes, Do not initiate physical contact with the Princess of Esterbeth. Idiot. <laughs> okay, well then come. Come on. I'm going. Okay. Yeah, I take both of them in with yeah. me, and... I don't know what I walk into, but I am going to wait for a lull in the conversation. It's very civil debate going on here. Very slow kind of debate. They're just like talking amongst themselves mostly. And it appears that most of them are deliberating and thinking and just kind of writing down notes and like getting their shit together to make their own statements. It's very like jury deliberation more than anything else. I'm just going to wait for like the most socially appropriate lull in the mm-hmm. conversation I can and then slowly raise a finger. King Birch and Silvertree notices you raise a finger and goes, Ah, Leo. I have, if it would please the council, of course, an addendum to my earlier statement. You see the iron sweater raises her eyebrows and makes a sharp note on a notepad and then says go ahead unorthodox but we'll allow it okay i'm gonna go down into the well if i can i upon further examination of the statements that i made earlier in the council meeting that i am seen as a stranger in these lands and am unfamiliar with your lands and with your culture, decided to go out of my own accord into the city, Leo says, and looks over at Eleonora like, I'm not going to sell you out to your dad, don't worry. She like closes her eyes for a second and visibly exhales. And upon doing so, I became almost instantaneously familiar with some issues happening in the Sovereign Principalities right now that I could perhaps be more help with beyond just sitting in a castle and talking to the council, Leo says. It strikes me, upon further reflection, and he looks really hard at Eleonora again, that 
you may not be willing to throw your military might and political support behind someone who has done nothing to help you the entire time he has been here. Eleonora doesn't quite smile, but she comes close enough to a smile that you see the tip of one of her teeth come out. And Leo takes another deep breath and says, Today, my guest, Mr. Stonebloom, and I, and he looks real hard at Bertrand and, like, waggles an eyebrow. Bertrand goes, ah. <laughs> like, he doesn't say ah, but his face says ah. Today, my guest, Mr. Stonebloom, and I encountered some members of a local team of miscreants that have been giving Irie some trouble as of late. And I was struck with the idea that since I have, by the power of my nation's sovereign god, been granted a goodly amount of power, perhaps I could do something to help to convince all of you that I am worthy of your support. So I encourage all of you, before you return home, at whatever opportunity we get for all of us to get together and talk in a more open forum, please approach me and tell me whatever issues you are having with your cities that I might be able to help with. I will prove myself worthy of your support through that, if the council will allow it. And Leo's going to bow out of the well. Fang Nightpeak, the king of Chosmarine, says, Ruffians, you said. I don't have the full picture of the situation, but my associate here has a more comprehensive understanding. He looks over and said, like, please don't hit me for this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Zed kind of grimaces a little bit, and then he steps into the well. That, like, very carefully cultivated lurching kind of motions that he had earlier, the, like, weaving facade of being more drunk than he is, is gone. <laughs> And he steps confidently into the well and bows. And he makes eye contact with Feng Nightpeak. He makes eye contact with Lubash Thunderbow, who are the two orcish and half-orcish members of the council. And he says, Zed Stonebloom of the Order of the Golden Tusk, at your service, your majesties. And Lubash and Feng both look kind of impressed. Lubash sits back in his seat and crosses his arms over his chest and kind of smiles. That's my boy. <laughs> And then Zed, just a rakish grin, says, I've been tailing uh, members of a local bandit syndicate that has been operating with a exile from the Thieves Guild of Stoutwood. He is, from what I've been able to ascertain, ruthless, and he has been targeting Irie for now, but who knows where he'll go next. And then he bobs again in a little bow and steps back out of the well. <laughs> Leo kind of just gets him by the wrist again and kind of pulls him back and goes, uh, that was all of the additions that I had to my earlier statement. I just figured that it would be of interest to the council. Again, I encourage mm -hmm. any and all of you who would like to come talk to me and bring me any of your city's tasks that you believe my power or my associate's power can help mm -hmm. with. And we will do our best to help cement better relationships between all of us. And then he's going to bow out of the room and just kind of tug yeah. Zed with him. And as soon as they get outside of the room and the door is closed, he's going to turn around and be like, I'm so sorry. A little warning would have been appreciated, but it's not the first time. So now we wait, I guess. Eleonora goes back to her post at the wall and starts cleaning her claws again and goes, yeah, they'll be in there for a while. Fuck me, we should have stayed at the bar. Zed pipes up and he goes, I don't know, I think your bed's nicer than mine would have been. 
Not that I'm implying anything. No, yeah, no, no, Leo says. <laughs> and he, like, as Leo stammers over that, his smile widens a little bit, and he says, that would be forward. <laughs> and then he turns and he starts to go, and he says, do you have anywhere where I can get something to eat around here? Kitchens, down the stairs, to the left. Absolutely. And he goes. <laughs> Leo turns over to Eleanor and goes, holy shit. Eleanor <laughs> raises her goes, yeah. No, I'm being professional about this. He's a bounty hunter. He has valuable skills for me. I am following your advice to get your father on my side. And that is helping out people, right? Like, that's what you were pushing me towards. Becoming the council's errand boy, I guess. (laughs) I need help to do that. I'm not used to being an errand boy. I'm a fucking grand duke. Eleanor says, I said nothing about errand boys. For the record. Oh, but you said a good bit about heroes and duty. And Leo's doing, like, exaggerated air quotes while he's doing all of this. The fact that you put air quotes around the word heroes is why I implied that you should do something for the people. But that's none of my business. I'm doing the best that I can here, okay? Did I do a good thing in there or not? Because I need to know. I think that was pretty good, yeah. And she kind of tilted her head a little bit and she goes, I mean... I feel like the idea of taking out one of the gatherings of bandits in the area would appeal to more than a few people. I know Stoutwoods had issues. I need Bobbin on my side, I mean. Yeah, I think it all depends on whether or not you can actually do the thing that you just said you were going to do. Of course I could do the thing I said I was going to do. I've got magic. (laughs) She, like, raises a hand and then lowers it and just bites her lip and goes, "Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I I saw the magic. This is me trying, princess. This is me trying. (laughs) Your efforts are noted. I think Leo winks at her. She raises one eyebrow, (laughs) goes back to clean air claws and goes, Slow down there, pretty boy. What is it? <laughs> I'm not offended by it. I'm very well aware of how pretty I am. But I swear to God, I've heard that word more times <laughs> in the past 24 hours. And then he just puts his hand up and goes. <laughs> Hate to see you leave, but love to watch you go. What's the deal with waiting for the council to deliberate? Like, are they all staying here? What's happening? When they deliberate for extended hours, they usually don't really leave the council chamber. They have King Warren, like, nap in the council chamber. I'm gonna stay up and wait for them to finish deliberating. I think you get back to your room and Zed is just sitting there with, like, a loaf of bread and a block of cheese. You know you could have gotten, like, lobster thermidor, right? You know, like, (laughs) bread and cheese... Did you go to the kitchens? What did you do? Yeah, I went to the kitchens. You said uh, the kitchens were downstairs. That's the only thing I know where it is. And then he, like, takes a big bite of cheese and goes, Besides, carbs, fat. Keeps me going for hours. I bet it does. Anyway. (laughs) He does snort. Just. I hope that was okay. Again, you know, this is a a paid position. You know, I'm not asking you to be here. Out of anything voluntary, uh, I'll just go ahead and say that you'll get a bonus for that. I'm really sorry. I had to make a lot of decisions on my feet. It's been that way for, like, the past five years, really. He just kind of nods. He goes, yeah, no, I get it. I don't love leveraging my status, but I know when it's warranted. Besides, you only promised that I was going to do the thing I was already going to do. I tried really hard not to implicate anyone in this that wasn't already as deep in it as I was. 
But given that you'll be getting paid for this, and I can't emphasize again how easy this paycheck is going to be, all you have to do to fit in here is be pretty. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's literally it. It's why I have thrived so much. He does nod and he goes, yeah, I I got some vibes off the old man. Do what works, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, if you got it. Oh, I've got it. He raises an eyebrow and he says, I noticed. He takes a big bite of bread and he goes, you should know though, I can't do that sort of thing more than like once a year or they'll start checking in with the order and mm, that won't go so good. So what happened? You said you were a former monk. I mean, if you don't mind me asking, of course, I totally understand stories that people aren't willing to tell, but what went on there? He uh, finishes the bite he was working on and just kind of like wipes his mouth and goes, a mixture of personal drama and... uh, They weren't uh, enthusiastic about my extracurricular activities, we'll say. Damn, once again, I really wish I had a drink to raise to that. (laughs) Apparently, we have much more to talk about later. Fantastic. I would love a conversation. And he just, like, again, props his head up in his hand. Yeah, Leo says. (laughs) (laughs) And then leaves the room. He leaves his own room? Yes, he leaves his own room. Fantastic. (laughs) Listen, he's been on a five-year dry spell. I claim no responsibility for what happens next. Yeah, and I think I'm just going to go find Eleonora and wait for the council to finish deliberating. They go for most of the night. I think they break around dawn. Everyone kind of shuffles out. Very bleary-eyed. Warren Dawnchaser is being carried by his mother in a piggyback. Little buddy. Crown half knocked off his head. Aww, little buddy. (laughs) Yeah, Leo's like, you know, respectfully finger-gunning at all these people as they walk out like, do you need anything? Can I help you with anything? Do you need anything? What can I help you with? Isaac Ashton, I think, is leading the procession out, and he rolls his eyes. (laughs) And then pats Eleanor on the head and says, I'm going to bed. You should also probably go to bed. I'm going to bed, for sure. And then he, like, puts his hands up in, like, a pleading motion and turns to his daughter and says, coffee. And Eleanor says, yeah, I've got it. I'll bring it up in six hours. And Isaac goes, thank you. <laughs> and then he goes. Cool. As the rest of the procession comes out, Bob and Rosebrook, I think, actually stops and, like, takes you aside and goes, it won't be fast to get in touch with the local thieves guild, but if your friend from the Order of the Golden Tusk doesn't really have information on the specific identity of the man he's after, I have some connections with the guild that I could get some information out of. Well, I mean, we would greatly appreciate that, Your Majesty. That's very generous of you. Is there anything else that I can help you out with at the moment? He does smile a little bit. He goes, not at the moment, but I'll be in touch. And the rest of the council kind of shuffle off. I would also like to go take, I only need four hours, because elves only have to transfer four hours. I would like to go take a four-hour trance. (laughs) Is Uh, Zed still in my room eating cheese? (laughs) It's been a few hours. He has graduated from eating cheese to passed out on a mat on the floor. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go, you know, find my, I'm assuming I have like a meditation bench or something somewhere that I can just sit down and take my trance. And then sometime earlier in the morning, I emerge from my trance. What happens? It's about nine in the morning, I would say. I think Zed is up by the time you get back out of your trance and has like left. I think he'd leave a note that says, went for breakfast and to talk to your nice goblin friend. Oh no, Leo <laughs> says. 
Oh, can I find them? This is so bad. <laughs> Go ahead and make a survival check. I can't bear the idea of the two of them talking about me without me being there. <laughs> twelve? With a twelve, it takes you a good minute, but... There is, I think, a dining hall in the palace. Like, not a formal dining hall, but a place that has, like, a few benches and tables and things that people can go and the staff go to eat in the morning. And you find Eleanor and Zed sitting at a bench together, not deep in conversation, just kind of, like, idly chatting (laughs) as they just go at a full fucking spread of breakfast. (laughs) Zed, with a strip of bacon in his mouth, raises a hand as you come in and goes... Hey, over here. Come sit down. I go sit down. Is there food? Yes, there's food. <laughs> Leo just puts a finger up. Can I get a Bloody Mary? And as you're waiting on that, Zed's gonna say, Okay, so you're coming with me to get this guy. Yes? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you don't want to. No, no, no. I mean, I, I, I made promises, and making promises is my whole new thing now, I guess. <laughs> Eleonora snorts into her coffee. <laughs> you shut up. You're not coming with us. <laughs> I am definitely not, no. Wonderful. Okay. And let me just say, you know, mm-hmm. yesterday a lot of the shit that happened to me happened because those gentlemen were very unsportsmanlike, and I wasn't ready for that as somebody who's had a formal fencing training. I do know how to swing a sword, though. I'm not totally uh, uh. helpless. I understand that I got totally shit-kicked, and you guys <laughs> ended up totally fine. Again, because I healed you. Can't stress this enough. Because I healed you, you both ended up totally fine, and I still ended up shit-kicked. Thanks for that, by the way, Zed says. He's going at his breakfast. He's, like, paying attention, but he is fully just putting away half this breakfast spread. So, yeah, what do these guys do? Why Why are we going after them? What are they, what are we doing? I just, I, yeah. debrief me, please, <laughs> Zed, please. Um, well, mostly they've been going after caravans, because that's kind of an easy haul, you know? If you can take out a couple wagons on a caravan, then you've got enough shit that you can fence, that you can upkeep a camp for, like, a few months. Lone travelers a lot. The whole going into the city thing is new. I think it's a new strategy. So you're telling me that Josh came to yeah. that bar yesterday as part of a strategic intervention. I didn't say they were smart. To be fair, they only went after you and they did shit kick you. No offense. I don't think it's a necessarily the smartest move they've made. But from what I've been able to pick up about their numbers, if they decide to go serious about going into cities and just picking people off in dives, then it's gonna get real bad for the little guy real fast, you know? Fair enough. Okay, so you know where these people are. I go with you. Uh, mm-hmm. We handle the situation. We mm-hmm. endear ourselves to the eyes of the council. That gets you a bigger paycheck. That gets me the military support I need to do mm-hmm. what I need to do. It sounds yeah. uh, mutually acceptable for everyone. I think, really, the only person we need to take out is their leader. You know, he's the only one with formal thieves training. He's the only one that I think is going to be making these strategic moves. I think we take him out. It's mostly just the rest of them scattered through the countryside. And the rest of them are pretty run-of-the-mill guys like fucking Josh yesterday, right? (laughs) I'm going to go change back into my armor because this (laughs) Leo waves. Um, Zed does give you the (laughs) once-over. And he goes, yeah. Pretty, but ineffective. <laughs> so you set out. The reason Irie and the rest of the cities have uh, the high walls that they do is because most of Tordun is largely not organized into, like, settlements. Given the civil war that was happening recently, a lot of populations got uh, kind of decimated 
in like a lot of smaller towns. So there are a lot of people just kind of roving around just trying to get by, trying to get the resources that they need. As he's like shouldering his pack and kind of getting on the trail, he's like, so from what I've been able to gather, they have established camp about in the neighborhood of five miles that away. And he points uh, away from the lake. And he says, as far as I can tell, there's a couple dozen of them. But if we're, like, quick <laughs> and quiet, I think we could just kind of get the big guy. Well, I mean, okay, I don't think I've walked five miles in the last five years. So let's just go ahead and do that. And then we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Then I guess we're leaving the city. Yeah, you walk for a couple miles. Um, Zed is, like, fine. <laughs> I don't know how Leo's doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's got a plus two to strength and a plus two to con. Like, he's okay. Yeah, he's doing all right. It's not super easy. The land around Irie is rolling hills, and there's a lot of up and down. It's kind of annoying. You do okay through this trek, and then you go about four and a half miles, and you hear a rustling in the bushes. And I'm going to need you to roll initiative. Fuck. Well, Leo rolled a 22, so... Nice. So Leo's not going to go first in the initiative, and they get... A surprise round on you, but Zed rolled a nat 20 on initiative. Dope. So that is going to negate the surprise round on him. You see a bandit run out of the bushes, short sword raised, and Zed just like reaches up and clocks him. So he does 10 damage. So I think he was like 10 feet ahead of you, just kind of going ahead on the path. And he ducks back and goes to be back to back with you. And then spreads his arms and smiles and goes, boys, can't we discuss this? Two have come out of the bushes. One is going to go ahead and make an attack on you. 18. That's going to hit. That's going to hit. Yeah, just barely. Yeah. Six damage. So two came out of the bushes so far. The one that attacked Zed and the one that went for you. And it's the one that came after Zed's turn. He's going to run up on Zed. So that's an eight total. He does not hit Zed. And then two arrows in quick succession come out of the trees. Head for Zed. And fucking neither of them is going to hit. And he laughs as they miss and goes, Aw, man, I thought you guys were at least going to put up a fight. (laughs) And then it's his turn again. And the one that attacked him originally that just tried to swing on him again, he's going to go ahead. And um, so Zed's going to hit this guy for the first one and do five damage. That is enough to knock the first bandit unconscious. And then he's going to turn around and clock the one that just swung on you. And that's also going to hit... For seven damage. <laughs> and then it is your turn. Um, I'm gonna get the one that's on me with yes. uh, I'm gonna get him with a chill touch. It's a plus six to hit. Fifteen. Yeah, it's gonna to hit. hit. Okay. So that's gonna be one D eight damage. Yeah. Necrotic. Three. The guy that went after you is bloodied. Um and then it's his turn and he yells, Retreat! And then like picks up the one that said just knocked out and just runs. He will provoke an opportunity attack if you want to go after him, but he yeah, will retreat. I, no, yeah, I'm going to get him. And I rolled a nat 20! Yeah, no, that's a nat 20 with my longsword, so that's uh, 2d8 plus my strength damage. 16. No way, this man's not knocked out. Yeah, he had three hit points left. Good night, sir. Um, yeah, you knock this guy out as he's going to pick up his wounded comrade. <laughs> and there's a loud rustling noise from the trees as the other two book it. You are out of initiative, and you can follow the rustling. I mean, I look over at Zed, and I just shrug, like, yes? He picks up the bandits that are on the ground, slings them over his shoulder, and goes, let's go negotiate. (laughs) 
and then just starts off. Yeah, I follow him. You go uh, about another half mile up the road, and you start to hear noises of, like, brawling and conversation and, like, a roaring fire. And you come up on this uh, bandit encampment, and as soon as the tents are in view, Zed raises a hand, waves, and goes, All right, stealth is off the table, so... Who's in charge? Who can I talk to about? And then he slings the other bandits off his shoulders. He goes, these. And just dumps them on the ground. Anybody, take me to your leader. Hello. Outstrides a, uh, you know what, like, a half-halfling looks like at this point from knowing Warren Dawnchaser. Half-halfling dude. Small, but not, like, overly so thick handlebar mustache and like a little tiny ponytail comes walking out and he says I heard that people wanted to have a discussion with me and then Zed smiles real big and he says hello I would love to go over your options about willingly going back to Stoutwood with me or getting knocked out and going there on my back and why would I go back to Stoutwood sir and Zed puts his arms down and cracks his knuckles and says, Because either you go back to Stoutwood or me and my friend here never stop chasing you. Ne- never? Puts a finger up. <laughs> As if to shush you. <laughs> never. Let me be very clear, my good man. I am Zed Stonebloom. I have never shirked out on a contract. I do not get bored or tired or sidetracked like some of the other people you may have met. And I'm Laryl Valsine, and I'm the Grand Duke of Australia, and I'm doing this for a very specific political boon, so you can only imagine how invested I am in this. Zed nods as if you said something impressive, <laughs> even though you have not, <laughs> and goes, also, he does magic. Also, I do magic! And I do, like, a controlled sacred flame yeah. in both of my hands. The bandit captain's gonna nod to himself a little bit and goes, I see no reason why we can't be gentlemen about it. I'm very willing to take you, Mr. Stonebloom, and your friend there in two-on-one combat. I mean, Leo looks over yeah. and says, like, yeah, right? Then just kind of nods and goes, all right, show me where. Remind me what your passive perception is. My passive perception is 16. The bandit captain nods and then just a big magnanimous smile says, Absolutely, let's go. Uh, There's a clearing over here. I would be more than happy to have a gentleman's congress with you fine sirs. I don't have a gentleman's congress with anybody that hasn't at least bought me a drink first. (laughs) Zed laughs, the the captain just, again, that big, magnanimous smile, says, Of course, I don't have a problem with that. Well, yes, I mean, Josh is one of yours. Has anybody talked to Josh yet? I don't need to have a discussion. I'm very secure in my position, and I surround myself with very accepting people. Good for you, Josh. (laughs) And the big bandit captain says, Quiet now, Josh. (laughs) And Josh just says, Sorry, Hunter. Hunter, Leo says. No, 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 I'm sorry. What? <laughs> no, no, hold up, hold up. Zed, I'm sorry. I know this is like totally intruding on your victory. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm right there with you. What? Josh and Hunter? What's the name of your gang? Sigma Chi Epsilon? <laughs> I've been to college. I know how this shit goes. Zed says, you've been to college? 
It was an honorary degree, but yes, I did go. He says, I just kind of thought it would be a more impressive name. I've been chasing this guy for like a couple months. <clears throat> Cracks his knuckles again. All right, Hunter, let's get this over with. <laughs> okay, let's roll initiative. God, let's roll initiative. That'll be an 18 for Leo on initiative. Nice. We're going to have to institute the natural 20 roll again because Hunter steps into this like cleared out space of, and he like settles into a fighting posture and then he whips his shirt off. You see for a second that he is fucking shredded <laughs> and then he's going to go ahead and... <laughs> My friend said that Hunter the Bandit was shredded. <laughs> that Hunter the Bandit had an eight pack. <laughs> And then Hunter the Bandit is going to go ahead and make uh, a total of six attacks. Fuck! He gets a surprise, he gets a surprise attack because he rolled a nat 20. So he's going to make a total of six attacks on Zed. Ouch. Um, not, not me, I'm there. Yeah, but you're like a little dude. He'll live to regret that choice, it's fine. Okay, he's going to just barely hit on one of those first three. And then just barely hit on another one of the second three. So he's going to hit on two attacks total. 13 total damage on Zed. Zed looks not awesome. <laughs> it's a hard hit, but um, then it's Leo's turn. I'm going to cast Bane on this guy. So I need you to make a charisma saving throw for Hunter. Uh, it's a 17, actually. That does it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Leo doesn't do anything. Then Aww. Zed yells, it's fine. And then he's going to go ahead and make... Uh, let's start with one attack. 17. That'll do it. That'll do it. And then he's going to do Flurry of Blows. So he's going to make a total of three attacks. M misses on one of them, but hits with two. So that's three plus six, nine. <laughs> and then it's going to be Hunter's turn again. Three attacks. Swinging on Zed. Six more damage on Zed. So I'm going to do a Toll the Dead on him. Nice. So that's a wisdom save for Hunter. For Hunter, the bandit, um, he rolled a three, and would you believe it, he's not very wise. That's only a six. But as a bonus action, I can healing word Zed, so. So, so that's eight. eight. Yeah, so Zed back. gets eight back as bonus action. He laughs as he hit him with the healing word and, like, flexes his shoulders back and goes, ha, I can keep doing this all day. You're really getting me with the Stucky dynamic, huh, bud? Oh, man. Yeah. So he's going to go ahead and make two attacks on Hunter the Bandit. Yeah, he's going to hit on both of those. Get him! Going to do another nine damage. It is Hunter the Bandit. That, that. He's going to go ahead and make one attack on Zed and two on Leo. So he hits Zed with the uh, short sword, but that's about it. Nine damage to Zed. Um, and then it's Leo's turn. How does Hunter the Bandit look? <laughs> on a scale from one to 65, is that about a 41? <laughs> okay. As he stabs Zed again, Hunter the Bandit goes, Gentlemen, you've made your point. Surely we can let bygones be bygones at this point. Leo's gonna cast a second level Inflict Wounds. <laughs> so I'm gonna roll a spell attack on that. Hey, that's a 19. That's gonna hit. Brilliant. Would you believe that that's 4d10 necrotic Ooh. damage? Would you believe that that's 35 damage that Leo does to this asshole? Just goes up and hits him? Delicious. Um, he's still standing, but barely. And Zed is going to delightedly say, Ooh, nice hit. Let me try. And then... Get him. He's gonna hit on one of those. It's okay. That might be enough. Come on, buddy. Ooh. 
Zed rolls seven damage and knocks Hunter the Bandit out in one hit. And as he does that, a shape falls out of a tree above you. What do you mean a shape? A blur. You can't tell what it is at the moment. There is a gleam of metal. There is a blur from the trees and an assassin drops and plunges both daggers (laughs) into Zed's back. No! (laughs) And he goes unconscious (laughs) and the assassin jumps to their feet and looks at you and then like settles into a fighting stance for a second and then thinks better of it and runs off. What? (laughs) Cure wounds, second level. (laughs) The bandits are advancing on you now. That's fine. If I don't have somebody to punch people, I'm not worth shit. Cure wounds, second level. Okay. Okay, so that's 2d8 plus 4. Holy shit, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) That's 16 hit points back for Zed. Is he okay? He's at 17. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you go ahead and heal Zed. And he, like, blinks awake and then sits bolt upright. <laughs> and then he is going to get to his feet. And he has been kind of, like, swaggering since he came into the clearing. He is going to stand up to his full half-orc height and square his shoulders. And then as some of the bandits in the camp are advancing, he yells, If any fucking one of you takes one more step, I will snap your neck. And all the bandits stop walking. Leo bites his lip real hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Zed cracks his neck. Alright then. And then I think when he got knocked down, he got a little ruffled. So he's gonna brush dirt off of his shirt and tighten his ponytail. And then turn back to Leo and go, <clears throat> so what do you say we take this one back to uh, the city? You realize that that's not who knocked you out, right? Yeah, well... You realize that somebody totally unrelated dropped out of the trees and stabbed you in the back, yes? No? You didn't realize this? (laughs) That just kind of happens sometimes. (laughs) See, I don't know how on board I am with that. So what if, between the two of us, you take Harry, Henry, Hunter, who is it, here, (laughs) back to the palace... And I go find who the fuck just stabbed you? Because I'm a little concerned about that, Zed. He still looks very serious, and he goes, That's a problem for later. No, I I (laughs) think it's a problem for now. (laughs) Well, persuasion with disadvantage. (laughs) So that was a nat 20 and a 14. So that would be an 18. And then roll insight. Hey! That's a 24 to insight. So, yeah. So an 18 persuasion, 24 insight. With that 24 insight, he sets his jaw really firmly, and he looks like this is not a discussion he fucking wants to have, and then he just leans in and he goes, I'm handling it. It's fine. Let's get this chuckle fuck back to the palace. Leo kind of stares at him really hard for a second and goes, we're gonna talk about this later, but okay. Zed scoops Hunter up and slings him across his shoulders and then claps you on the back and goes, like I said personal drama and it sets off five years five years i went and nothing happened (laughs) i went for five years i was taken care of why am i aspiring to more right now 
This is what ha- within a day, within twenty four hours, this is what happens. Okay, <laughs> and then Leo follows after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go back to the palace. You would know that it, it's been a, a little while by now. The sort of post meeting gala. The council arranges every time they have one of these things. It's not a super big thing, just sort of the sovereigns and their accompaniments having good food and just kind of chilling out and decompressing after the council meeting. Is Zed going to cause a big to-do here, or...? Uh, it depends on whether or not you tell him not to. (laughs) I grab him and say, don't cause a big (laughs) to-do. Zed with Hunter the Bandit's unconscious body slung across his shoulder. Oh no! <laughs> Actually, no. Uh-huh. With, with that being a given, um, please come with me. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take him over to Bobbin Rosebrook. Uh, Bobbin, he's a very mild-mannered half-man, so he just kind of looks up and adjusts his glasses as you walk over, and he says, "What is the meaning of this?" This is the leader of. Your bandit problem that Mr. Stonebloom and I have neutralized. I didn't intend for it to play out this way with, like, (laughs) this display of everything. Uh I just want to assure you. But this particular group will not be giving you trouble anymore. Fantastic. And then Zed just kind of hefts the unconscious body that is on his shoulders and says, Anybody in particular I should give this to? And Bobbin says, Ah, uh, yes, yes, I, and then he, like, snaps, and, like, one of his guards that follows him everywhere comes over and just takes this unconscious man. <laughs> My associate, Mr. Stonebloom, will be demanding an appropriate bounty, of course. Of course, yes. Let me just, um, and then he, like, takes a ledger out of his pocket and goes, carry the one, and and then he goes ahead and he just takes a couple of little pouches out of another pocket and just tosses them both to Zed. And Zed says, much obliged, King Rosebrook. And he just nods at you and then he says, if you don't need me, I'm going to... I'm hungry. Get Go, go, guess, yes. go. Yeah, have something to eat. It's fine. Yes. I have some work to do anyway. Uh, and then I turn back to Bobbin. Before you do that, Zed winks and says, don't be too long. I don't know if it's appropriate to ask what that means, but okay. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> King Rosebrook, can I count on your support in my <laughs> effort to reclaim my birthright? Uh, Please just say yes, I can't calculate much more beyond yes or no right now. Yes, yes, you well, seem capable. It's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. Support-wise, that means that I have Bertrand and Bobbin for sure, right? And everybody else is kind of up in the air. Yeah. And Warren Donchaser. (laughs) But only him and not his court. Him and not his court. Okay. Him because he thinks I'm cool. Yes. Oh, man. I hate how horrible this is, but this, playing my character-wise, this is the angle that Leo would shoot for. I'm going to go find him. I'm going to try to find him without his mom or without okay. anybody to translate political shit there. Warren Donchester is a 10-year-old boy, so he is hanging out by the buffet table, and he is just trying to very subtly scarf cream puffs. Um, I think Leo leans over and, like, grabs one of his cream puffs and, like, shoves it in his mouth and just eats it. <laughs> Warren looks up. He's got whipped cream all around his mouth and on his fingers, and he goes, Hi. Hello, your majesty. I was wondering if I could talk to you for a second. 
Leo says. Uh, Warren says, um, and then he, this big swallow, <laughs> and grabs a napkin and, like, wipes his fingers off and does not notice that there's whipped cream on his mouth. And he goes, yes, you may have an audience with me. Tries to, like, straighten his posture in that very ten-year-old trying to be taken seriously way. With you, King Don Chaser, yes? Yes. Yes, your majesty. Mm -hmm. Yes, of Mm -hmm. course. You, listen, I think that we have some stuff that we could talk about, you and I. Warren, can I call you Warren? You can call me Leo. That's okay. Yeah. Warren, you love your mom, right? Yeah. A lot of the other kings in the next couple months are going to tell you that you should not listen to me and should not support me and should not send people to help me. Why? Because the rule that I have and the power that I have doesn't affect anything in Tordun. Okay. But when they tell you that, I want you to remember something. You love your mom, right? Yeah. I am trying to go home and take something back that my dad took from me. My dad took my mom from me. And I miss her a lot, Warren. Warren frowns and he tilts his head and he goes, took her like they took my dad? Almost exactly. Oh. Okay. His eyebrows draw in in that very serious ten-year-old face. Okay, so... You're mad, right? I've been mad longer than you've been alive. Yes. Okay. And then he, like, sticks his hand out to shake. (laughs) Leo's gonna lick his hand and (laughs) shake. (laughs) Leo knows how ten-year-old shit works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Warren giggles. (laughs) Like, shakes your hand, and he says, I'll help you get home, and we can throw your dad in the dungeon. That's one of our options, yes, absolutely, <laughs> Leo says. And then Warren nods, and he says, do you want a donut? I would love a donut. Is your mom around? Mm, mommy's talking to King Ashlorn. Of course she is, Leo <laughs> says, and goes, thank you for the donut recommendation. This is delicious. I can't wait to talk to you again. You're so cool. You're so cool. (laughs) No, you're so cool. And Leo goes to find (laughs) Warren's mom. Queen Regent Wilhelmina Donchaser is over talking to Isaac Ashthorne. She's very obviously wrapped up in the conversation or she would be keeping a better eye on her kid. But she's like in a heated, furious debate with King Ashthorne. Roll me an insight check. 21. She has a white-knuckled grip on a teacup. (laughs) It is a very quietly heated debate. She looks like she wants to throw something. (laughs) At Isaac, or... Maybe. Can I look around for Eleonora? Eleonora is sort of wrapped in conversation with uh, Euphemia Ironsweater's niece and a couple of the other heirs to the other thrones. 
um, just kind of quietly in discussion. She looks relaxed. It doesn't seem like they're talking about anything really important. I'm going to go ask her to dance. You go over. A couple of the other heirs to the thrones kind of give you distasteful looks. Although, uh... I wink at all of them. Yeah, although, Lubash Thunderbow's uh, oldest son sizes you up and just kind of nods. I wink at him extra hard. <laughs> he laughs super loud and then uh, claps Eleonora on the back and says, I'm gonna go get punch. And goes, and Eleonora says, Leo, what are you doing here? Asking you for a dance so I can go eavesdrop on somebody. At least you're up front about it. And she bobs a curtsy and she says, you may have this dance. I'm ever so grateful. And he sweeps (laughs) her up. I'm going to go over and try to eavesdrop on what Warren's mom is talking about with Eleanor's dad. Roll stealth and investigation. Hey, not horrible. Stealth is going to be a 19. Okay. Investigation is going to be a 14. Eleanor rolled a (laughs) 6. Between the two of you, I think, yeah, it's an average of like a 12. I don't think you go unnoticed is what I'll say. As you cross the dance floor, you can hear Wilhelmina Dawn Chaser going, Just because you're too hesitant to act, as usual, doesn't mean the rest of us need to hold back in grabbing advantages. And you may not be worried, but I have a ten-year-old on the throne. And Isaac snaps back, Wilhelmina, let's not be hasty, is all I am saying. And then he sees you. (laughs) And then, oh, he, and then he half turns away from the conversation and sharply gives a little wave and says, Eleonora, darling. I think Leo is going to give the small of her back a little tug and then let her go. Eleonora gives you half of a confused look and then draws back from you and goes over and just doesn't hug her dad because they're in a very formal setting, but bobs her head and says, good evening, daddy. I hope you're enjoying the party. <laughs> and then Isaac says, oh, absolutely. And I see that you are making friends. And Eleonora smiles, and she says, really more alliances, but you know how I am. (laughs) I think Leo just gives her, like, an eyebrow wiggle. She does not acknowledge it at all. And Isaac says, I do. And then just grabs her by the shoulder and kisses her forehead and says, run along, go have fun, you don't have to stay here with all these stuffy old people. And then Eleonora says, Noted. (laughs) And then she uh, turns and she looks at you and she says, do you want to get out of here? And you see Isaac Ashthorn's mouth press into a line. Can I roll an inside check on what she meant when she said, do you want to get out of here? (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Dirty 20. She doesn't seem to explicitly mean anything suggestive by it. It's more just a friendly invitation, but... She seems like she said it very carefully <laughs> in a way that you can kind of interpret. I don't want to make this guy mad at me is the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got a very powerful military. I don't want to do this. But also I'm bisexual and I have no impulse control. <laughs> <laughs> because I have trauma and a relationship that I broke off five years ago against my will. Leo grabs her hand and makes a little bit of specific eye contact with her dad. And yeah, I just lead her off to the nearest, you know, balcony, private area, whatever. She like waves over her shoulder at her dad and then just goes with you. There is a balcony off of the room where a party is being held. 
So is this what you had in mind? I didn't have anything in mind. Well, I decided to take your advice. Oh, did you? I did. I beat up a bandit captain today from Mr. Stonebloom's help. <laughs> After you, you know, abandoned me in an unfamiliar <laughs> part of the city, I took your advice and I made steps into getting out and helping the common people. And I just wanted to make you aware of that. Since, you know, you were talking about preemptively forming alliances. Princess. <laughs> She smiles and she leans on the balcony railing and she says, Oh, I've been very aware of everything you've been doing the last few days. How? <laughs> oh, don't take it like that. I'm not spying on you. How else should I take it, given that you haven't had much interest in me until this point? You should take it as I've been paying attention. And if we're in the business of taking my advice... She leans in, and she has a hand on your shoulder, and it, like, tightens into a vice grip, and she says into your ear, I'm not going to be a bargaining chip in you trying to win over my father and his army, dear. And then she kisses your cheek, and then she goes back into the party. Oh, after she goes, Leo just very quietly whispers, I'm too fucking bisexual for this, (laughs) and then leaves the room. That's it for us this time on Compelled Duel. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, next week, we'll be going back to Ferrara dealing with actual political shit <laughs> instead of whatever the hell happened here this week. <laughs> anyway, see all of you next time on Compelled Duel. script just doing some housekeeping things here at the end of the episode first and foremost we want to thank everybody for listening and hopefully sticking with us from previous episodes our patreon blew up and so did the fandom so as a result of that we are actually going to be transitioning to doing weekly releases now rather than bi-weekly so you guys are going to be getting a new episode of compelled duel every Friday. Or if you are a member of our Patreon, you will be getting one every Thursday. As always, we are on social media. We are on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel, and we also have Compelled Duel audios on TikTok where we post audio snippets from the show. And from the bottom of our hearts, we just want to say thank you to everybody that's been making us fan art, writing us fan fiction. It's been absolutely insane to watch the Discord and watch all of you guys on social media creating things for this thing that we've made. It's been absolutely wild. Again, another big thanks to all of our patrons, Lainey, Beacon, Miriam Alcantar, Cameron Childers, Jimmy Nguyen, Taylor Ross, Kate, Gabriel Gonzalez, Lily Collins, Zoe Olson, Plushy, Alex, Corinne Dowell, Lizette Chapa, Nisha, The Heart Road, and Peculiar Wizard. Thank you guys so much for your support. We were actually able to majorly upgrade our recording setup thanks to your guys' pledges, and you guys can probably tell by listening to me right now how much better it is versus the quality of episode four. 
If you're enjoying everything you've listened to so far and you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, a great way to help us out would be to leave us a rating and, if you have the time, a review on Apple Podcasts. That will help get us promoted to a wider audience. And, again, this has proven to be a very effective uh, advertising strategy. If you are really enjoying Compelled Duel, tell three friends about it. And if they like it, ask them to tell three friends about it. We have gone from something like in the neighborhood of 45 followers to almost 150 in the course of two weeks, which is absolutely wild. Thank you guys so much for everything you've done to help get us off the ground, and we really hope you're still enjoying. And we really hope that you'll enjoy our new weekly release schedule. So the next episode is going to be releasing on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2021. Or if you are a top-tier patron, it will be releasing on New Year's Eve, December 31st. Have a nice week, everybody. See you next time.